0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Stocks slid yesterday as the state of a U.S. fiscal stimulus package remains uncertain. And one of the world's largest independent oil producers makes a huge bet on U.S. shale. Plus, Chinese companies are rushing into the semiconductor industry. But is the influx enough to offset tech pressure from the United States? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Yesterday started off with a lot of optimism. China's economy expanded 4.9% year-on-year in the third quarter. That figure was lower than the 5.5% GDP expectations, but it was still a sign that things are moving in the right direction for China. And it was a sign that economies can recover from the pandemic if a country can get the virus under control. But over the course of Monday, the shine from China's solid GDP numbers wore off, and investors started to focus on some less than stellar news. The S&P 500 dropped a little more than 1.5% yesterday, and the NASDAQ composite about the same. It was the fourth fall in the past five days. Higher coronavirus cases in the U.S. and Europe have made many people nervous, with new lockdown restrictions sweeping through Europe. Plus, the clock keeps ticking on a U.S. fiscal stimulus deadline set by Democratic Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi said a deal needs to be struck by the end of today in order for it to be passed by the U.S. presidential election, which is just two weeks away. A Democratic congressional aide said yesterday that negotiating teams for Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin were working around the clock to try and strike a deal. The world's largest independent oil producer is taking a gamble. ConocoPhillips is set to buy Concho Resources and a deal worth close to $10 billion. Now it might seem like an odd time to go big on U.S. shale considering how oil's done this year. It was just a few months ago that West Texas intermediate prices went negative. But our U.S. energy editor, Derek Brower, says this might be exactly the right time for deals like this one. Derek, before we get into why ConocoPhillips is going after Concho Resources, tell me a little bit about the size of this deal.
1: It's really big. It makes the combined company the biggest, what we call independent oil and gas producer in the world. We'll produce 1.5 million barrels a day. You know, it's about a tenth of what the U.S. produces. Now, that, that oil is international. Conoco has assets in Canada and so on, but this is a big deal. It adds, in particular, a lot of acreage in the Permian in Texas and New Mexico. It's the most prolific oil field in the world. And Conoco has bought Concho because Concho is a specialist in the Permian. So it's a gamble on oil. It's a doubling down by ConocoPhillips on what it sees as an important sector, which is oil.
0: Okay, so I I guess the question I have, Derek, is is why Conoco is taking this gamble? The oil industry is still struggling because we're in the middle of this pandemic, and some players in the oil industry are are even pivoting away from oil and moving on to green energy. Um, So I I guess I'm wondering, you know, why are they taking this gamble, and and why are they doing it right now?
1: Well, Conoco yesterday, when they were talking through with analysts the the rationale for the deal, made sure that they mentioned that, you know, they were also focused on ESG – environment, social, and governance issues that investors are so focused on as well. So that you know, have to get that out of the way first. They do say that they are paying attention to this stuff, but you're right. At least one big oil producer, BP, is actually planning to reduce its its production. And here we have a big American producer doubling down on oil. I think that's because Conoco, like ExxonMobil, and like a bunch of other big oil producers, especially in the U.S., they believe that even if the world starts to move away from fossil fuels, there's gonna be a lot of oil consumed over the next couple of decades. And so they are specialists in drilling and producing oil and they're gonna stick with it. It's, as I say, it's a, it's a bit of a gamble on the future of oil. It's probably less of a gamble simply because, in Conoco's view, the oil price is low and so they're able to pick up these assets. If you believe in oil, if you believe that oil has a future, If you believe that that's what your business is and that's what your investors want you to do, then this is a pretty good time to go out shopping for oil assets and buy a bigger position in oil. And that's what Conoco has done.
0: Derek Brower is the FT's U.S. Energy Editor. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Mark. Telecoms, medical equipment, cars, and consumer electronics, all high-tech industries that rely on microprocessors. And chip design is regarded as the key to winning the race for global leadership in technology. Now, President Donald Trump's been pushing to decouple the U.S. economy from China, and it's led to tough restrictions, especially when it comes to how the components used in chip making are sold to leading Chinese companies. And all eyes are on Beijing's approach to the chip industry. China will announce its next five-year plan at the end of October. Catherine Hill, our Greater China correspondent, has been following the new tech trade war. She's on the line with me now. Hey, Catherine. Hi, Mark. Catherine, how dependent is China on the import of semiconductors and the components used to make them?
2: Well, pretty dependent. If you look at the past three years, for example, China has been importing semiconductors worth around 300 billion U.S. dollars a year. China, as you know, has been the factory of the world for most of the electronics gadgets that we use elsewhere. And there's a lot of chips going into those. And China uses about double the amount of semiconductors it produces itself. So you can see it's very, very dependent on imports.
0: Okay, so I want to go back to long before the trade tensions with the U.S. started. Uh, China was investing billions in its homegrown industry how far has it succeeded in creating a competitive microchip industry?
2: You can look back actually 40 years or even more than that, and you'll find Chinese government led efforts to develop a Chinese homegrown chip industry. And the part of the chip industry where the Chinese have been most successful is chip design, because the entry threshold is lower, because you don't need costly machinery. You just need large numbers of bright people and young engineers. So China now has quite a large number of quite strong chip design houses. The part of the industry where they've been less successful, actually, is manufacturing. That's partly to do with the fact that nowadays a modern chip fabrication plant costs a lot of money. And then also the chip manufacturing industry is already globally highly concentrated. More than half of all contract manufacturing of chips is in the hands of one Taiwanese company. And that means that the talent pool is also quite concentrated and and it, it would be very difficult for any Chinese company to find the right people they, they need to build like advanced technology nodes for production.
0: And of course, the U.S. is restricting technology trade with China. How is that impacting the industry?
2: Any company that wants to sell semiconductors to Huawei or affiliates that were made using any U.S. technology, that requires a special license. The chip design tools, those are dominated by just a few US software companies. So that means basically, if the US government handles this in a strict manner, it will be close to impossible for Huawei in the long term to get hold of any chip for anything. Now,
0: Catherine, you've reported a lot on a flood of new companies entering the chip manufacturing industry in China. What exactly is behind this?
2: Behind this is the expectation that there will be even more government money available for chip companies in the future. You already mentioned that the Communist Party leadership is looking at the next five-year plan for the country's economy. And that five-year plan will include new programs probably for the semiconductor industry. So now the expectation is because the the U.S. is trying to contain China in its technology developments, the Chinese government has said we need to try even harder to promote self-sufficiency in the sector. And so the expectation is that that means they will uh, give out uh, more subsidies.
0: Yeah, you know, Catherine, it seems like a lot of these companies are kind of new to the game. What's the impact of having such companies take on this goal?
2: I would say the impact is almost certainly disastrous. Even in past rounds of Chinese industrial policy in the chip sector, we've seen a lot of waste, a lot of fraud, and a lot of failure. You can find companies that previously used to be in seafood and now say that they will be semiconductor companies. And if we're talking about manufacturing chips, I would be almost certain that such kinds of projects would be doomed to fail.
0: Did you say seafood?
2: Seafood, yes, indeed.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll just have to see how that turns out. Catherine Hill is our Greater China correspondent. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you, Ma. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.